You're listening to the Sean Light Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness business owners escape the chaos of entrepreneurship, simplify the process, and finally grow their business revenue to six figures and beyond. And beyond. This show is about giving the frustrated entrepreneur straightforward solutions and giving you a real-time window into how Sean is building his company, 4A Health, into a seven-figure business. And now, your host, Sean Light. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sean Light podcast episode number. I have literally no idea. There's been so many of them at this point. I have no idea what number we're on, but... Today, we have an amazing guest with us, the one and only Katie St. Clair. Katie, thank you so much Hi. for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm oh. super excited. Always love talking to you, oh, especially yeah. with your radio voice. It makes it <laughs> I more can't fun. You know, I, I get that. I get that so much. Uh, you know, like I, I, ever since I especially started doing the podcast, people, people coming out of the woodwork with the radio voice and i've been getting that since since high school and college people have been saying that oh yeah i'm sure it's not something you can actually i don't think you can teach yourself to have like a certain sound you know what i mean it's just the way that you articulate things and where you add little you know inferences into things just by the tone you know going up or down it's interesting Yeah, it's funny. Well, my I'll tell you this. My girlfriend, uh, she she wishes that it was less of the radio voice. Uh, <laughs> like we'll, we we we'll go to like a. Uh, I remember we went to this spa in New York City. It's this like ancient bath, Roman bath or something, some fancy stuff. Uh, and uh, I just talk. I'm like I'm the same volume all the time. And she's like, "You gotta be quiet. Like everybody can hear you." I was like, "I only have one volume here. Right? Come on." <laughs> You can't help it. I had a class today tell me that um, I was subbing for somebody else. And I said, I wish I could do Stacy's accent. And they said, well, it's kind of good because she does other accents is to be funny. And you, you have an accent. And I was like, I do. <laughs> I didn't know. I sounded so Southern. Isn't, that I had isn't an it interesting how, yeah. how, how like, technically speaking, we all have accents. Like, I feel like I don't have an accent at all, but you go to England or you go to, you know, Alabama and all of a sudden, like, you're the one with the accent. I think, I think that's, I think that's nuts. Yeah, it is. All right, Katie. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Why don't, why don't you, we, I'll tell you this, we have a pretty eclectic audience here. Uh, We have people that are not in the fitness industry. We have people that are in the fitness industry, but really far removed from our circles. So give us a a little elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're at, and and, uh, just fill the people in. Okay, um, I'll do my best. So I am, first of all, mom and a wife, and I am a strength and conditioning coach. I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and I've kind of lived, um, I've moved a lot in my life, especially before having kids, um, a child, I have one, and um, I lived overseas, traveled quite a bit, did one of those crazy around the world trips, and um, somehow always managed to stay in the strength and conditioning, fitness, personal training field to some degree. So I started, you know, young in college. Um, I was an athlete myself and then went into some athletic training and then eventually settled on strength and conditioning. And um, 
so I literally have been in the industry, I think for 25 years now. Oh, so wow. a long time. Cause I was actually coaching gymnastics when I stopped that at about, I want to say like 16 even, and I'm 40, I'll be 43 this year. So in some capacity, although it's changed, but I kind of like, because every single entity that I had something to do with, even I did corporate wellness for Hewlett Packard for a while, like even that brought about us a, a lot of skill sets that I may not have had if I had just been in one arena for a while, you know, having to manage people and be in more of a corporate environment, which is very different than being a personal trainer at a facility on the floor all day. You know what I mean? So there's a broad scope. Um, and I look back, I think then like I maybe felt like I was selling out or something yeah. like in some weird way, but now looking back, I'm like, no, that actually gave me a lot of context to my business now. So I've had my own business here in Charleston locally for, gosh, we moved here. I, I think I'm going on 14 years. So yeah, as a personal trainer, primarily working with mainly gin pop and then ath some athletes usually like because their parents could afford to send them and they were in high school, <laughs> but not or, um, you know, was an athlete and now still plays sports, but not um, competitively. And then um, about, gosh, I think it's been three years now, I, or four years, I started writing my course and got more into the education side of things. So now I have a mentorship and um, some other things online. I do a lot more online, although I, of course, COVID made everybody crazy, but now I am back with in-person still, but I just do like eight to 10 hours a week. I just, I like the feeling of keeping my toes in the movement world in person, not just on Zoom calls. Sure. So that's sure. that's me in a nutshell. I hope that kind of yeah. summed it up. I mean, that's great. And, and I did not know. I knew you were. I knew you were down south. I didn't know you were in Charleston. Charleston, from what I, I've never been there. I've only my only experience in South Carolina. I drove from Jacksonville back to New York, and I stayed the night. Stayed the night in South Carolina, uh, and I. Uh, I actually did a fantasy draft at a roadside McDonald's. That's that's my experience uh, in South Carolina. But <laughs> everybody says not the best. It. No, no, not not even close. Yeah, we've had a ton of New Yorkers move down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really popular. I have a friend. I have a friend. Uh, he's like dying to move down there. My girlfriend's sister is actually, she's always like Charleston, Charleston, Charleston. So uh, I got to get down there. I got to, I got to come check it out. Well, and it's a direct flight. So you're, it's only like an hour and a half and you're yeah. here. Oh, so for it's sure. Super easy once they started doing that. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Um, so when you go on to Katie St. Clair's Instagram and the, you go to the, 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 the tagline in the bio you talk about how like you have a vision and your passion. It's, I think it specifically says you're passionate about changing the fitness industry. Uh, something that I have been involved with for a while as well. Uh, and what I'm curious to know is through your experience, how do you think that happens? Whew. Well, <laughs> I think there's a lot of noise and a lot of there's a lack of not just critical thinking but creative thinking so and i mean that honestly not 
from a training perspective, but also from a gen pop perspective. Like from the, from the perspective of the client you're saying? Yes. So I think our industry, it's like, there's a lot of voices saying what's right and what's wrong. Yep. And I think it creates a scenario where it's hard for people to take a step back, see the forest for the trees and, and intuitively know what they need and make decisions on that. Or in, as a trainer or strength coach or movement professional, stepping back from all the noise on all the different things that you can learn and that someone says is right and is the best way and is the fastest and will get you the strongest and will give you this and well, you know what I mean? It's like this right. constant and just saying, okay, what do I need? What do I want? And what do I need in this body, in this world, in this life? Like, and I guess my passion is, is trying to help other trainers, therapists, whoever, to be able to take a more creative lens so that they can create any environment for their client and they can give power to their clients to create their own movement lens. And, and that to me is like, that is creating a love of movement, which is my number one value for everything is always try to create a love of movement for somebody else. That's, I, I, I love that. And I particularly love how you mentioned uh, the client side of it, because that's something I'm, sh I'm, I'm, I have no doubt that you see this frequently where somebody, especially in the, in the world of like biomechanics and, and at the level that you're at, like, you know, the body better than almost everybody, you know, like the details and the little things, I mean, like really down to a really fine point. Uh, and it's really easy. Well, it's a lot easier for you to pick out like what's good and what's not. And then as you train these coaches uh, and they, you know, they progress in their own level of understanding. What I used to see a lot when I was, you know, kind of doing the similar things was, every, you know, people come up to me and be like, well, look, my clients just don't want to do this. Like they don't want to, how do I create the buy-in? How do I get them to do this? And, you know, the PRI exercises and the breathing stuff and the rehab, prehab, some of those stuff's like really tedious to do. Uh, and one of the things uh, that I would always teach is you have to have a little empathy for the client. Like this guy's an accountant or he's a, you know, he's a plumber or something like that. And he doesn't read fitness. He goes home and he watches Netflix. Like he doesn't know, I always say, he doesn't know his ass from his elbow when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to working out. Uh, and that's okay. That's, that's to be expected. There would never, they, you would never be expected to have the same level of understanding. How do you communicate with the people that, you know, your clients and the people that are part of your mentorship, how do you communicate the communication side of it to try to show them like bridge to really actually bridge that gap? Yeah. So it'd probably be different. Um, the way that I would communicate it to a trainer, obviously, who's taking my course versus gen pop. But I think with gen pop, there's so much that needs to to be kept in mind. And this is, this is to your point of like all these systems and things that you can do and they don't care. They, yep. you know, like my clients here, um, they, they'll do it and they understand it helps, but they're not, that's not what they want to talk about, yep. you know? So first and foremost, 
are they enjoying their session with you? Do they want to like spend an hour with you? It's the same thing. Would they want to go have coffee with you? Because if you're in an environment where it's like not fun and comfortable, then you're probably just going to bag it and be over it in a day. So one thing I always, I think with every trainer, we just have to be a chameleon of sorts. So like I speak to you the way I, I, interpret what you might need in that moment and every single human we interact with is different so we have to be good at reading people and paying attention and intuitively finding ways to match what they need and i don't know how to develop that skill except a lot of reps with a lot of people is all i can say and and taking time to listen when people talk and feel what they're going through as well. So you can empathize and, and find strategies for them, if that makes sense. And I think that comes with a lot of, a lot of reps and that might be the most important part of training. Yeah. I think personally, I'm, I'm I'm actually doing a seminar tomorrow. uh, And I put in big, bold letters, like the greatest power that a human being has no matter whatever you're trying to accomplish uh, is repetition like if you repeat things over and over and over again whatever it is that you repeat good or bad it's going to stick with you Uh, so i think that the repetition is i mean it's invaluable for whatever you're trying to whatever like road that you're on the other thing that for me is is like sneaky sneaky important is that empathy side of things because most people it's funny when i'm in new york and i like walk down the street and it's i don't know if you've ever had thoughts sometimes i think i'm a weird guy but like i'll see people walk down the street and be like this guy i don't know who this guy is and but he's over here in the center of his own universe right like he's got his problems he's got his things and and everybody is their own little center of the universe and you know like crazy things happen and nobody cares at all like sometimes i wonder like what like crazy things like super crazy things don't even make the the you know the evening news and it's because like we're all kind of in our in our own world and what i don't think people realize is like service helping and it's not i don't that they don't realize it but i don't think they can get out of their own way enough to realize like the way to service is to like understand like hey let me put myself in your shoes and let me understand like why why are you coming to see me are you coming to see me because of you know you want a six pack or you want you want you know big biceps uh or are you coming to see me because you want to expand your posterior mediastinum it's probably the former right we understand that but having that awareness and one of the great examples i always give is i remember giving this presentation I've, I've given, I gave this presentation up in Massachusetts and it was like part of a conference and every single person before me, like went up PowerPoint slide, pop, 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 re go, go through the thing and, you know, see you, see you later. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm a, I'm a hurricane on stage. Like I'm an, I'm an, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm like high energy, getting people up, getting people moving. And I'm like, this is, this is just, there are, these people don't even know what's coming for them. And for me though, it's like, I put myself in the position of the audience member. Like, what do you want to sit through here? Like, what is the thing that's going to get you to learn? And, and regardless of the risk for me, like I remember, I, I I got everybody to do a slow clap, and I, I was nervous about it because like I've never seen anybody do this before. But I'm like, 
you need this. You need to have the energy. You need to be engaged in this presentation or you're going to get nothing out of it. So like I take the risk, I do it because that's the, like, that's the empathy side of things. And obviously you agree in the fact that empathy is like a major player here. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think to speak to like the repetition thing that you said, the other piece of that, and the reason I really wanted to learn as much as I do now, where I just constantly reading, because the more reps I get in, the less I even have to think about the posterior mediastinum, the hip shifting. I just intuitively know what that body needs because I have had so much I've put so much into the learning process and the understanding the human movement. So then I can pay more attention to the stuff that my client cares about, which yeah. is telling me about their son, so-and-so. And I can remember that while I'm also paying attention to the other stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to see me sitting there struggling. They just want to so have a true. conversation and just know that I had enough reps that I'm good enough that I can figure it out on the fly. So true. And that's from the trainer perspective. That's sort of what I want to give people, you know, it's like, yeah. I want you to, I want you to be able to look at a human and just know, like you see all the little compensations and all that stuff. And you can do that so that you can yeah. be this other thing for them. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I am not, I don't teach like a super high energy like you do. I find that fascinating when people can do that because it's exhausting. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm impressed. Like I always think now that I have my mentorship and I only teach like once a week, I'll, yeah. but the calls can be really long. Um, and it's me presenting the whole time. I'm pretty tired after two hours. So people who stand up and do like weekend courses, I, I'm like, oh, wow. There's You're nothing more. I, I've done, I've done the two day and there is nothing like I, I literally feel like I'm, I'm running an Ironman. Like I, I, I prepare, <laughs> like I have like little snacks throughout the day. I'm like meditating yeah. on the breaks and uh, it is, it is, it's the most tiring thing I've ever done. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, I could almost compare it to like back in the early days of training when I was starting my business here, I would take anything I could get, you know, and I waited tables like in between. So I would like work in the morning, wait tables and then work at night. Yeah. And so I was with people for like 12 hours a day, you know, that beginning of training career. And I would just go home like exhausted. But even that is different than teaching. So I don't know how I give you props because <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing it, but I'm just... oh, you, you, you absolutely could do it. And I think that I think that uh, it, it's like like everybody has their own style. Like I'm just you know, I'm just me and, and you have your styles as well. Uh, and in honestly, like, I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself because I kind of have this coming up later. Uh, but like you've, you've in a lot of what you've done and like my research for this podcast, you speak to communication style uh, and, and, you know, finding your people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people and I, I see it on social. I, I, there's a lot of people that find me just way over the top, borderline offensive uh and just not their not their person and that's okay i'm not i i i have that's fine i'm not trying to i don't want to communicate with that person i'm i'm trying to find my people uh, and right. i can also think that that's that's an important uh, side of it as well the what you mentioned you talked about kind of how you were taught how you were 
how you try to teach this, you know, empathy side and communication stuff to the, and even the repetition side, right, to the people that you work with. First thing that popped in my mind was, where do you see people struggle with that? What, like, what are the things that they, that, like, where do they go wrong when trying to implement this into their world? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, from the communication side, I think it's sort of like you said earlier, it's seeing this person through the lens of their own life. Right, yeah, great one. Right, so not really thinking about that person's life in that moment, the struggles they may be going through, the challenges they've had in the past and where they want to go and being able to like intuitively connect to that so that you can facilitate something more meaningful, I guess. Like even, I know it sounds crazy because you're talking about training, but I would imagine a lot of your the audience that are trainers, if they're trying to build a successful business that goes way further than what systems you learn and how, like you can do general physical preparation with pretty much anyone and design a decent program without having to know that much. Yes. Right. But you're not going to build a business unless you can communicate effectively and have that sort of empathy. So where people go wrong is that they're seeing the person in front of them through their own viewpoint of the world, totally. not through that person's viewpoint. So that's number one. Um, and number two, if we're talking more on the side of where they go wrong with like learning and, and understanding movement patterns and creating programs and all of that stuff, I think, and I am so guilty of this, just FYI, for sure. Just go look at my Instagram and you'll see how guilty I am. <laughs> they make things too complicated. I make things <laughs> too complicated. Yeah. And I have to rein myself in and be like, I can't give like a a normal person this exercise because they're not going to be able to create the sensorial experience that I, that I, I in my own personal body can do. So I have to be very careful of that. But I think it happens a lot because as movement professionals, we love movement. Yeah. So we try all this stuff out and our bodies are a little bit better at assembling self-assembling into these postures that we want whereas our clients are like i don't know what you want me to do <laughs> so making sure to start slow keep it simple and then build on that yeah uh, when i when i was when i was a practicing strength coach uh i would use like and i, I did all like the pri stuff and I would use like the fancy stuff like once a year, uh, if that, and every other time it was just like super fundamental basics, just, just the stuff that, just the stuff that works because I don't know, like this, the, the, I always explained it as kind of a, uh, like a mountain. Like when you first start, you're like looking up at like visual patterns and the audio and, you know, <laughs> single leg stands versus bilateral. And there's all this stuff. You're like, holy crap. And then you get up to the top, you start like figuring it out and then you start getting bad. And on the way down the mountain, like everything just gets really simple. And then when you get all the way down to the other side, it's just like, all the basic stuff. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about the occlusal or your left molar. It's like, ah, that's cool, but it might happen once in a while, but uh, unlikely to be something that you're going to use uh, frequently. On that note, Katie, the I'll t in my so in my world of of coaching strength coaches in the world of business, 
I think the number one aspiration that is presented to me through through these conversations is they want to coach the coaches, but very few people end up coaching the coaches. So what I'd like to know is how you went from that thought of, I'd like to do this to actually putting that into, into play. And what have you learned uh, in terms, because now that's a different, like you're selling to somebody complete, like as a trainer, you're selling to gen pop, but now you're selling to movement professionals. How have you found that transition to be, you know, what if, what have you found to be successful in that process? Uh, you know, just tell me about your experience, like building into that. Wow. That's an inter. I didn't realize that. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, well, because here's what I think happens is I think that, I think that, I think that they like get like most of the people that I work with are people like very similar to me who have like really dove into like the nuances and the details and the science. And uh, they, they like love it, right? Like you don't, you don't do all of that if you don't love it. And mm -hmm if you're doing that all the time, it leads you to like, want to do more of it and then present it. And the people that you're looking up to are the Katie Sinclair's uh, you'd be surprised Katie, how much I hear your name uh, when they're talking about like, I'd love to do what like Katie Sinclair is doing like all that. Really? Like, all right. Oh, it like I hear your name. It's like you, Alex Effer, uh, Connor Harris. I hear your name on repeat all the time. Uh, and, and they're like, yeah, I want to do that. And it's because kind of like what they like, they look to you guys as role models for where they want to, where they eventually want to go. So I think it just kind of lends itself for that, for that demographic. But yeah, it's, I mean, I hear it, I hear it multiple times a week. Wow. That's so crazy. I had yeah. no idea. I'll tell you a funny story about Alex, Alex and I are friends. Um, <clears throat> and maybe this will give some context into how you I don't, I, oh, this is a tough question. There are certain people in this world that I just recognize have a certain skill set. I don't know if that's because genetically it just happens or the way they grew up or what, where I'm like, you could have your own mentorship. And I remember the day I told Alex that you should get online because you can do this. He's a stud. And I'll tell you why, because like me, he can organize information into charts and into lectures and create outlines. And it's the, it's, I don't really know like that much more than probably half the people that take my course. <laughs> I don't even know if I know as much as some, a lot of the people in my course. Yeah. What I am good at is taking bits of information from all these places and organizing it really well into charts sure. Sure. <laughs> and lectures and information to where it makes sense. And I think I've always been like that, honestly, since I was young. So I, I don't know where it comes from necessarily, but um, there is a woman in my membership who now teaches for me and her name's Allison Helms. Look her up, she's really great. And I recognized really quickly that she should probably work with trainers. She had a, a membership for like gen pop people. She does like running um, and, and she teaches the gen pop and she gives them programming and all that. So she was doing an online business. And I can't remember when she reached out to me sometime last year. And she's like, I feel like um, I'm getting a lot more trainers that want to take my course. And I was like, 
yeah, I'm not surprised because on every single like membership call, she like had created this like massive chart, like to explain, to help everybody else understand the information I'm teaching. And I'm like, right. well, of course, like it makes sense. Right. He was an engineer actually, and ended up in a roundabout way getting into uh, the movement world. But so I think for, for I didn't know that many people wanted to do this. And let me tell you, if you want to do it, you better be willing to, to put some work in because it is not easy emotionally, physically, mentally. It, yep. You have to be able to, I guess, go the extra mile a lot, which can be challenging. And it has its drawbacks, to be honest. It's not, there is something wonderful about having an in-person business where you train people and you get to be with people and you go home and you leave it. Like, so it is a little bit different. And you know that having your own business, there's just, there's no, you don't ever stop really. So anyway, I, I would say for me, at least it's, it's a lot about organization and putting things together well, so they are easily digestible, I guess. And then the other piece is, I think I'm just one of those people who I really enjoy seeing other people like I don't know I just like want I look at someone and go like oh she would be so good at this do you know what I mean like god and I I love that like I love even with my clients you know I used to always be like oh man I wish like this person could figure this out because this would really like be the thing right you know and that could be like in their life too I wouldn't always say it but I would like think things like that like man if she just quit her job the whole <laughs> world would change yeah. you know what I mean I like sure she do. could do this and man if she did this instead like she'd be so good at it you know yeah so I just like I always look at people and just like think about like the things that are good uh, that they're really good at yeah I don't know. yeah it's uh You're listening to the Sean Light Podcast, helping grow your fitness business revenue to six figures and beyond. Okay, so real quick, I wanted to add this super important note to everything that we discuss here in this podcast. Now, most strength and conditioning coaches, when they decide to open up their own business, they do so for one of two reasons. Either one, wherever you were working before, you looked around, and you realized you were the best. You realized that your programming was the best, your clients were getting the best results, uh, that you were the one staying up late, investing in your education, invest, reading books and going to seminars on the weekends. You were the best. And if you just took control of the day-to-day operations and the programming that was happening on the training floor, that the experience for everyone involved would just be significantly better. So you opened your own business. Or... You wanted the freedom and the flexibility to operate, coach who you wanted, coach when you wanted. Maybe you took to the, took to the internet to take advantage of all the opportunity there, or maybe you opened a small practice, or maybe you became an independent contractor and started working out at one of those uh, independent contractor gyms. Whatever you decided to do, however you did it, the moment you decide to open up your own business, you are confronted with a whole host of problems a host of problems that you did not have before. Now, maybe you did some light selling wherever you were at before, but it wasn't like this. Now you're met with the challenges of a CEO. 
Now you're met with the challenges of cash flow, marketing, customer acquisition, lifetime value of the customer, net margin, gross profit, all of these different things that you don't know anything about. And all of a sudden, it's the only thing that matters because if you don't keep the lights on in the business, you can't train anybody. So all of a sudden, you start shifting from being a coach to being a business person, to being a CEO, to being an entrepreneur. And maybe that's not what you want because you opened up the business to train people. You opened up the business to serve people at a higher level, to do the things that you've already loved. Now, what you want to get to is you want to get to the point where you can do that again. And the only way to get back there is to install proven systems. It's the only way to make that happen. Most coaches, they fly by the seat of their pants every single day, posting on Instagram, hoping to get a dollar here, a dollar there, a new client here, a new client there. Uh, And maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll stumble on some luck and it'll become consistent. But that never happens. The only way to do it is to install proven systems that work so that once the installation is complete, 90% of your time can go back to running, to being a strength coach, to training people, to investing in yourself and doing the things that you love, serving the people that you love to serve, right? And then 10% of your time can be dealing with the business and the management of the advertising systems in the ever-changing world of, of marketing. But the only way to do it truly is to institute these systems. And we've created a system here called the Weight Room Wealth System that is designed specifically for people like you, for for coaches who went out on their own, realized the bear that is business, and had to figure it out on their own. The good news is that we figured it out and we want to give it all to you. We want to give it all to you today for free. All you got to do is go to weightroomwealth.com and we're going to give you a completely free offer and we're going to jam pack it with over $6,000 of ridiculous bonus content. So give me one second here and I want to tell you everything that's involved with this program. First, every single month, to your door, to your actual physical mailbox, we're going to deliver to you a real newsletter that is filled with all of the best tips, lessons, strategies, blueprints that are working right now for our business, our personal private clients, and the other members of the community who have written in and who have volunteered to share and who are doing really amazing things. We're going to deliver those strategies to your doorstep so you can see it, you can set it aside, you can highlight in it, you can you can make notes in it, and then you can immediately, which is the most important part, install it into your business. You're going to get that every single month to your doorstep, all right? Secondly, is you're going to get the 30-day Changemaker Training Program. What we have found is that the entrepreneurs who are committed to their own strength and conditioning training programs that are now meeting the needs, the physical demands of being an entrepreneur, which you know exist, these are the folks that are having the most results. So what we want to do is we want to put together a program every single month, a four-week training program that is designed to meet the needs of an entrepreneur. And as a community, we go through it together. We, you know, we feed off of each other's energy and it acts as a mastermind. And you get, to, you get that every single month as part of the Weight Room Wealth newsletter. You're also going to get access to the 14-day low-hanging fruit challenge. This 14-day challenge is designed to show you all of the places inside of your business that you didn't realize you were missing out a ton of cash flow in. Most people who join this, who join this challenge end up making anywhere from one to $2,000 in the first two weeks extra on top of what they've already, 
uh, what on top of what they're already making. And the best part about this challenge is it's evergreen. You can continue to run it over and over and over again to pick up these loose ends and, and pick up this low-hanging fruit so that you can quickly increase the cash flow inside of the business. Next, you have the Miracle Morning Transformation System. There is a myth in the entrepreneurial world that you have to work 45, you know, 45 hours a day, uh, you know, wake up early, go to bed late, and do everything imaginable to grind it out and hustle. And that is not true at all. The Miracle Morning Transformation System is going to show you exactly how to get everything you, de- you need done and then some in your business before noon so that once 12 noon hits, you can go out and you can be a strength coach. We want to show you the difference in the, in the quantum leap that you can take by only working until noon. Okay, so that's the Miracle Morning Transformation System. The next thing that you're going to get is the Do Now Sprint. The Do Now Sprint is immediately upon clicking submit and joining the Weight Room Wealth community, you're going to get access to the Do Now Sprint, which is going to show you exactly what to do now. Immediately follow these steps so that you can take immediate instant actions and start seeing results as soon as possible. That's the Do Now Sprint. And these are two, the last two things that we have on here are ridiculously, ridiculously valuable bonuses that we've added to the program because we really want to see you get the best results. We're, we're genuinely committed to serving this community because we're part of this community and we want to see you get the results. So you're going to get quarterly intensives, four times a year, you're going to get a free seminar. As long as you're a member of of this community, you're going to get a free seminar where you can come on, you can ask questions, we'll give you the strategy, we'll give you up-to-date stuff, uh, and we'll walk you through all of the things that are working right now. And then lastly, you're going to get the golden ticket. The golden ticket is... Every single, any, any weight room wealth in-person seminar that we run as part of this company, all you have to do is show up at the door, flash this ticket, and we will take you to the VIP members only section of this, of, this, of this seminar completely free of charge. The golden ticket is for anybody who joins this community, gets comp- complimentary access to any in-person seminar that we do uh, as long as you're a member of this program. Okay, So just to recap, that is the monthly weight room wealth newsletter, the 30-day changemaker training program, the 14-day low-hanging fruit challenge, miracle morning transformation system, the do now sprint, quarterly intensives, the golden ticket. That's a grand total, folks, of $6,179. All you got to do is go to weightroomwealth.com right now. Sign up completely for free. Test it out uh, for 30 days. If you love it, great. If not, you can cancel it at any time, uh, and it'll be no charge to you. Weightroomwealth.com. Learn how to install the Weightroom Wealth system into your business so you can get back to doing the things that you love. Now it's time to get back to the podcast. You're listening to the Sean Light Podcast, helping grow your fitness business revenue to six figures and beyond. There, there's a reason why so many people want to do it, but so few actually do. It's, it is, it's the same thing. I remember my first, my first, like when I left LA to open up my exercise science education company, I booked two, two venues here in New York to host them. And yeah, you know, I went through the sales process, which was me just posting on Instagram. And I, I full honesty thought ex Laker strength coach, thousands of followers, no problem. Uh, and I got literally zero people to sign up for 
both of my first two seminars. Uh, and wow. I was shook. I was, I was, I was really crap. shook. And like, it was embarrassing because I, like, I thought I was a big dog. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought I was this cool guy from, from the Lakers. Uh, and like, I remember walking into both of their offices and being like, Hey, we got to, we're, we're not gonna be able to do the seminar this weekend because we got nobody to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember walking out and being like, all right, you got two options here. You can either quit, figure it, you know, go back to whatever you're doing, or you can figure out how to sell people. Uh, and it is, it is going the extra mile. I've, I always said, I always say to get somebody to reach into their pocket, pull out their credit card, enter it into the system and give you money is the hardest thing ever. Like there's no shortcuts, can't cut corners. That's something I find is with the people I work with, it's just, it's the human desire, the human like compulsion to cut corners and not go all the way. Uh, and in business, oh, you will pay the price uh, for, for cutting corners for, as, as uh, Andrew Carnegie says, for trying to get without giving. Uh, mm. it's, it's a, uh, it's the business world will humble you. And I have, I have, I have been humbled so hard so many times i'm a completely different person than i was a couple of years ago because i've had to change i have the person i was back then couldn't do it uh, and it's been it's been interesting katie what's what's been your experience as as a, as a business owner how how is it different how what have you had to learn along the way what were the big challenges you had to overcome wow well thanks for sharing that because i actually didn't really realize that about you and i um my husband went through kind of a same similar situation recently and you know, his product was amazing, but like the market is so saturated as well. And then, um, there was no, like, maybe it was now that I look back, like not for, it's definitely not for lack of trying, but the marketing piece does kind of have to be there. And even if like, for me, my marketing strategy is give away a lot of free in- information. Sure. Like of course. basically just take it all. <laughs> you yeah. probably don't even need to take my course. You can just find out everything on Instagram. <laughs> right. That's, that's the case for most people. You just, it's about, but it's about assembling it instead of like guessing and choosing. I think that's, exactly. I think that's where the value is. Exactly. But if you give away enough, people are like, ah, it's probably time I pay this woman something. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, I got off topic. What was your question again? I just, what's the, what is the, you know, what have you learned about business? Like when, from oh. the moment you, you said, I'm going to do this thing. Like, what were the things you didn't know? Like, what were the things that you've had to be like, okay, I was resistant to this at first, but I have to do this. What are those things? Um how much my ego could get in way in the way of like amen yeah of my own success if i if i'm not careful and um we all have egos right we all live in our own heads and and um when you start teaching to a bunch of people that are uber smart and have their own ideas it can be humbling and you can get in your head sometimes of like, what can I give to these people? They already have everything. And it's sort of my ego saying like, I have to be better than, or I I have to know more in order to provide something of value for them. 
when in all reality, they could know everything and way more than me, but it just might be that they just want my lens. And we're all, we're all on this earth, just pretty much with the same struggles all the time. And so the biggest thing that I learned, and I actually worked with somebody last year because I felt like I knew, like I inherently knew my ego was getting the best of me. And I was having a lot of anxiety when I would teach because I felt like I wasn't good enough and, you know, all that imposter syndrome stuff. And so I started working with her. And what I realized is that a lot of the behaviors and things that I and the, the problems that I was manifesting and I was creating, no one else was, were due to learned behaviors from a very young age about what I should or should be, what makes me a good person, those types of things. Yeah. And so when I started to dive more into that, I started to realize that that was, I was listening to the shoulds like a child rather than being the adult and knowing that there's value in, in every experience. And, and, and what that brought me around to is really these values, these core values within my membership and my mentorship is really that there is no ego in the room. Like I want to lead from a place that we are all in this heterarchical environment where we can use each other to learn more together. So like in my course, yes, I'm teaching, but like the main learning platform is really the community itself. Like I had someone answering all these questions on Slack yesterday and I was like, oh, thank God, she's so good. And I said, can <laughs> I, I hire you because you're really good? Yeah. And I sent her a, a, an email. She's in my course, she's taking it, but she's really smart. And this is an example, right? So I could have, if my ego was there and I was not being aware, I could have looked at that and been like, oh God, I need to up my game. And like, I need to make sure that sure. I'm answering these questions because it's going to look like I don't know my stuff. So true. Right. So, but because I'm so much more aware of it now, and after going through this process so many times, I sent Anna an email. She's awesome. And I said, thank you so much. Like, I just want to thank you. Like yeah. it's helping me. And she said, oh, I was a, she's, responded back. I hope I'm not overstepping my boundaries. And like, I didn't know, right. but you seem so nice. And so I figured it was okay. <laughs> and I said, that's exactly what I want for this yeah. mentorship. You are doing exactly what I want to happen. Yeah. I want you guys to answer each other's questions. I want you right. to participate. I want to be the facilitator of the party. I don't want to be the, 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 um, the first act. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be this main person that's like sure. coming in there and entertaining. I, I just want to facilitate the joy, you know? Yep. And so once I really started to, to catch that ego, sometimes things got a little bit easier for me in terms of teaching too. Sure. Sure. The ego, I actually find myself frequently saying 
it's not like a it's not like a well-formed thought but i frequently find myself saying something to the effect like you have to kill off the ego ego death uh like that is that is the uh the sean light extreme version of, of it but i mean it is it gets it really does how do you kill it is like do you imagine like a sword through the stomach or like <laughs> i don't have I, I will say i don't have i don't have a i don't have a visual uh, but I, I do say this i say keep uh kill the monster while he's small uh because if you let it fester it just grows and grows and grows i, I used to do, i used to do uh i used to go to new york city like when i was like trying to sell courses i was like there's so many people in new york city i just gotta freaking talk to them uh so i went i would go door to door like just any i walk comb the streets of manhattan until i saw a fitness facility and then i just pop in and uh try to just drum something up out of nowhere it would scare the hell out of me but it really it's like that's just ego like i'm just gonna go in talk to a person it's not gonna it's not gonna affect their life uh it's you know they'll maybe they'll facilitate something maybe they'll turn me down most people did i uh, got some good stories out of that <laughs> that's experience. really impressive i can't imagine doing that that's uh great. katie listen to this one this was one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life i uh I was, go I was like, I have to do this. I have to figure it out. And I would never let myself say no. Like if I saw of anything related to fitness, I'm going in. Uh, and I would go to like a lot of like yoga and Pilates studios. And it was just like, there is no way in hell they were going to sign up for anything. But I was like, you just can't let, you there's no negotiation here, Sean. You got to go in. So I remember I went up to this, it was on Dwayne Street in Manhattan, lower Manhattan. And uh, every time I walk past it, I still get it. And, and I like, there was a yoga studio on the first floor, floor to ceiling windows. And I saw it and I was like, oh, you know, like yoga studios always have no idea. They're not interested. But I was like, you just have to go. You have to just do the thing. And as I'm approaching, I see that like all the ladies in there, they had just gotten out of the gotten out of the class and they're all like in the lobby because New York, everything's kind of small. And so it's like yoga room lobby to sit and everybody's in there. So I go to I go to I'm like, you got this, Sean, deep breath, literally open the open the door and it's locked and it like pulls and it like goes against the door frame and it makes this big noise and every single woman in the class turns and looks at me and i'm just like i'm literally on the other side of the class like <laughs> and i froze for a second and then i turned and sped walked away i was like i'll give you the pass on that one that was so embarrassing <laughs> but, I think you just looked at him and walked away <laughs> i it's just you know you froze and i just took the first action that came to mind which was abort mission uh <laughs> it was it was such a wild experience but I, I was i found a lot of uh buyers through that process which is uh which is interesting but uh one of my one of my favorite things to do this is like this is like sneaky sean light thing i love going to find like successful people like yourself uh, and going to their Instagram and scrolling all the way to the beginning. Uh, I, I, it's like one of my favorite things to do because like, you know, you see someone and you see what they're doing right now, but that's not what they were always doing, right? Like they're used, you know, you see like really nice, like, uh, posts and you know like if i go on like gary v or lewis houses stuff and it's like really well edited and stuff like that but that's not what they were always doing and part of one of my presentations i i go back to a bunch of like really like famous influencers and i show you what their like first few posts were so i did that i did that today you had a th you had over a thousand posts which took, took a little time to scroll, to scroll <laughs> Seriously? Through. yeah and i had i had a, i had a couple things in there uh, that were interesting to me but then i stumbled upon Something that you posted March twelfth, two thousand and eighteen. You have any idea what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say here? No, I have no idea. And I I have not. 
like a lot of people, I think, go delete old posts. Okay. I haven't. So I love everything's that. on board. I love that. Full transparency. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I found was uh, you post you posted this. Okay. So it's a, it was like you're, you had a meeting with a business person. It was Ashley Selman. Yeah. In the, in the, uh, in the, in the comments. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe that's on there. Yeah. 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 Well, it is. So, so you just kind of posted like your, your 10 takeaways from the, from your, from your experience or the call that you had with her. And I thought it'd be interesting. I thought it'd be interesting to ask you some of the questions (laughs) that you have on here, like when you were first getting started uh, and this is great yeah and kind of like see how things have changed for you over over time oh my gosh it's amazing i can't (laughs) even tell you and it's so full circle because ashley selman is somebody that i really looked up to i mean still would yeah yeah. that's funny sweet okay so i put down a couple i put down three of the questions i thought would be really interesting to answer the first one is do you enjoy the business side of things Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. When, what do you mean? Say, what is- you could even say like, <clears throat> like uh, what I think is probably the most interesting component of this is how has it changed? Like what were the things that you enjoyed or didn't enjoy in the beginning? And like, where are you at? Like, how have you evolved into like where you're at now, whether you enjoy it or you don't, you know, how, what has been the evolution? Okay. So I, I don't enjoy the business side of things in terms of like, you know, doing the website and, and all the like tedious tasks, yep. like that sort of stuff. I'm like, Oh, I just like really don't want to do this sure. for the 20,000th time. Right. Sure. <laughs> this is my life. I'm over that so much now. Yeah. Um, I actually think in the beginning I did like that because like I, I had a WordPress, I had built the whole thing myself. Yep. Like I, and one of those people that I like to figure out things that I don't know how to do. So in the beginning, it was a kind of fun. Like I built my whole Kajabi, like I'm, and I'm actually, like I was saying about the course, I'm good at organizing stuff. So in the beginning, I liked it. Now it's just like, oh, nightmare tedious. <laughs> but I have, I have started hiring um, people. So I have a couple of people working for me and one of them, um, Eno took my course and she's, she worked for formula one, like in the computer side of things, so the tech side. So she's fantastic. Um, so that's helping me. But in the beginning, it was probably better. Now I don't, don't like that side, but in terms of like having the opportunity to educate and be in a room full of like-minded individuals that just want to nerd out over movement. I, I mean, ugh, I love that side of the business. Now, is that the business side of things? I don't really know if it is. Is it? I think, I think I mean, every, everything, is, well, if there's anything I've learned is that nothing is excluded from the world of business. Yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, I love that part of it for sure. Sure. But yeah, I'm kind of over it. And, I, and you know, what I'm trying to get to, I'm trying to get to a place now where I'm making enough that I can afford to hire somebody more. And even if that means me making less, so I can just like enjoy the things that I love doing. Sure. You know, I love the creative process. 
Like I love even my Instagram, you can see it. I mean, my exercises are a little weird and out there half the time, but that's because in my mind, it's a creative expression of understanding these concepts, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Second question kind of rolls off, rolls off nicely is the question that you had written down was, do you have experience with marketing? So did you have experience and what is your experience and love slash disdain for marketing uh, as it stands today? Okay. Zero. <laughs> and this came up on a podcast um, Jill and I did with uh, David Gray okay. and he's like so good at marketing. I think he has a background in it from okay. something. And anyway, <clears throat> he asked me like what I thought my like strategy was. And I was like, I, you're asking me, I was going to try to book a consult call with you so you could help me. <laughs> like, I don't know what it, is. <laughs> it was like kind of funny. Mm -hmm. um, so what was the question like specifically about the yeah, marketing? Just what's been the evolution of, of the question you had was, do you have experience with marketing? But just kind of like the last one, like what has been the evolution of, I know you mentioned like you give a lot of free stuff away. Uh, what has been your evolution in terms of marketing, lead generation, stuff like that? I think, um, go, I mean, it's kind of silly, but like the going back to like the facilitator of the party and being like the host of the party that wants to make sure everybody's having a good time. Absolutely. Um, and so as a natural and, and supporting other people. So like, if you're in my membership, you've taken my course, like, and you're, you want to do your own course. Like I am going to be like, I'm going to wholeheartedly back you up. I'm going to help it. you if you need help. Like I, I want to see and no offense, because I know you're a man, but I actually really have this passion for wanting to see more females as um, educators in the industry, because I do think it we bring a different dynamic to the table that is oftentimes a little bit more nurturing. And Hell yeah. I have only learned from males in my life. Right. And I sort of wished I had a little... I've had some instructor females, but I've never had like mentors that were females. And I sort of wish I had that. Um, no, but I've learned through some, first some, uh, through some amazing men too. I just wish I could see the other side of the coin. No doubt. So anyway, I would say that my marketing now is really just that hopefully the people that have, are learning from me know that I genuinely care and that I genuinely want them to succeed. And they're and it's probably the same as my clients were when I was all in person. It's just, if you do a good job and the people think you're a decent, kind person, they're probably going to refer out to you. So like, I don't, when I'm selling my course, it's most of the people that take my course were referred by somebody else who took my course. Right. You know? And then other than that, like I am getting I just got off the phone with somebody yesterday about doing more branding and stuff because I don't even have a logo. <laughs> <Really>? Nope. <clears throat> wow, that surprises me. I'm telling you, like marketing, nothing. I don't have a logo. I My EP logo, somebody just like pulled something off of Canva. Okay. Um, I don't have a look. I don't have colors. I don't have fonts. I don't have like... And honestly, I, again, I'll go back to, I give away a lot of free stuff so that when I ask, I don't really feel that bad of having to ask anymore. Like I used to kind of feel, oh, this marketing stuff is so, <laughs> I feel like skeevy, but yep. truly I, 
I think you should take the course because it's freaking awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. First per- the first person that always must be sold is yourself, right? Yeah. And like, I just want you to experience it because it is really fun. And it's like a different way of learning. It's not me just talking at you and watching recordings of me talking at you. Like, it's fun, <laughs> I promise. And we're going to have a good time together. And um, so, yeah. And I guess just like going with like, I'm just going to do my best. And if people continue to sign up, then I'll keep doing it. And if not, then it, that's, that's the end. It doesn't really matter. Like, and, and that's okay because maybe they just want something else that I'm not providing right now, you know, sure. but for now, if they, people keep wanting to sign up, then I want to keep doing it. Cause I'm having a lot of fun and I hope they are too, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that one of the things that you do really well is, and it's probably just natural to you is your ability to come off as somebody who's just trying to help uh, and that means well and that is uh, you know in in you know you're you're in this because you're serving other people and you want to see people succeed uh, i've been a big i've been a big fan of the 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 theory of competition doesn't exist and i really believe that no. it doesn't uh i remember very similarly i had a, a member of my original 4a health club uh who asked if he could you know very nicely asked if he could start his own exactly the same thing uh, and today it is it is prominent for sure uh and i was all in i was like dude well how can i help uh and it's you know everybody has their people their audience their style and i won't i'll never attract the same people right. that you attract and and vice right. versa and that's how it should be like i have my unique talents and my unique gifts that are designed to communicate to certain people and and I'm not, I've, if you try to talk to everybody, you talk to nobody. Uh, and so I'm a, I'm a big believer in the fact that competition doesn't exist. It, it, despite the fact like people, you hear this probably a lot. Don't give away all your stuff for free. Listen, if you want it, to, if you want, if you want the information, everything is out there for free. 100%. You don't have to pay for a damn thing. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's just, people don't do it. People don't, people don't do all of the things that they do. If you don't pay, you don't pay attention, all those cliches, but they're true. That's the last, so true. Right? Uh, it's so true. It's crazy. When I started realizing that I could just learn a lot more by reading books, <laughs> it was a game oh, changer for I me. Am, I, have a, I have a freaking PhD in Amazon University. I have read <laughs> right? all the books. Look at this book I just got. This is unbelievable. I just got this book. This is, I, I literally p- purchased this. How to, what is it? How to have, how to get big results from a small advertising budget. This is straight out of the Miami Dade Community College campus library. I got, this, I got this on Amazon. I got, Katie, I got this on Amazon for $1. <laughs> Free education. It's like, amazing. Are you kidding me? Um, yeah. And my husband had so many student loans from PT school that I also was like, I really want to up my game and I want to learn more, but like, we can't afford for me to go to courses because, you know, we have all these loans and, you know, so part of that struggle was like, I can do this. I just need to like read books Yeah, (laughs) and take a few courses here and there, but I, I need to read primarily. It's free. (laughs) <laughs> yep. My, my girlfriend said this to me a couple, like a couple months ago. She said, there's the, the one thing that I have learned from being with you for four years, uh, besides that you're literally out of your mind, uh, is that if you want to f- learn something, if, if like whatever you're looking for, the resources are out there and they're attainable. Uh, and yeah, they are. It's they so absolutely true. Are. 
All right. So the last question I have from this from this Instagram post. Now your 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 finger was blocking the the entire question here, so I don't know everything. I don't can't <laughs> quite tell what the full question. It's is. the worst post. Like no one's gonna it's read that. It's the best post. It, it got it got thirteen likes, which I love. Yes. Oh my I god, love. I love it so much. I, I love that because it and really, it, you it, know it was like my mom, my my sister, my brother. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. When they're when you don't have any fans, those are your fans, and that's yes. the best. Um, all right. So the thing that you had on this question was uh it's a bunch of things and then the last part of it was tolerance for risk uh and huge part of business big deal what have you learned about risk in business and its involvement over the over the years in business I mean, super cliche, but you're only going to fret over the risks that you don't take, right? And yeah. you're always going to wish that you did. And yeah, I mean, I would, I'm, I'm cautious, I was cautious enough to stay in a full time gig. I mean, I, I worked for myself, but I was training, you know, 30 hours a week when I started posting and and I and I got advice, I hired a business coach, Kyle Dobbs helped me understand a little bit more about it. And then I also, um, <clears throat> you know, I started just training people online. So I think sometimes like, it's important to get, like take the steps. So like just saying, I'm gonna create a mentorship and then I'm gonna try to sell it online. Uh, I don't know how that works so well. Like, I think do the steps leading up to that, like get used to being online and posting every day. Maybe you do that for like a year. Right. And you start like, I did training was the, I, I said, I, I had a goal. I wanted to make $3,000 a month, extra money on top of what I make as a, as an in-person trainer. And that money was to help our family financially pay back some of the loans and get ahead in, in life. And I couldn't scale my business anymore. I had groups like eight hours a week and I had one-on-one -on -one clients. I mean, I was pretty much maxing out. Mm -hmm. And so I did online programming first. I built up, took me probably a year, but I built up to 10 people. And so I, I was, I, you know, was achieving my goal, <clears throat> but then I was at the same time I had written a, um, an outline and had started writing my course, but I was intending to do that as like an in-person seminar. And when I got to those 10 people, I said, you know what, I should just like make a big group program that like anybody could do and I'll just sell it cheaper. And then, it, and I'll just make it based on how I like to train right. because I had my friend Jill with me that trains with me. And, um, I was like, Jill just does whatever I'm going to do at the gym that day. And it works for her too. We just modify things. And so that's where I started writing empowered performance was really just meant to be a training program. And then, um, <clears throat> that somehow I think I was talking to Kyle maybe. And I was like, I had put the seminar in my like wish list in the beginning, but I never really, like, I was still just doing the online training. So anyway, and then I, I figured out in my mind, it just like sort of naturally evolved that I could do these two things together. Why people can take this course and they can learn, 
But I think even like the first iteration, people were like, what am I getting into? Like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> always that way. It's always <laughs> it's really that way. Funny. Yeah. But I also think I just lucked out and that the timing was right. This was before COVID. I'd been online enough. I think there were, there's still to this day, not a lot of females talking about biomechanics and human movement and breaking it down. And I was doing that. And so, and I did a beta test. Um, I took people through, I think four weeks of all this for free. So I took like 15 people or something completely free. And then I had 40 people sign up for the very first one, which was shocking. Yeah, like, that's great. That's a great first sign up. <laughs> I was like hoping for 10. <laughs> that feels good. Yeah. And it was all women. <clears throat> and I think maybe that was the, the catalyst for a lot of women was like, oh, I can learn from this woman yeah. that also a mom struggled with infertility, has student loan debt. Like I had talked about these things on Instagram. So yep. it wasn't, I, it was relatable. Like yep. I'm kind of in the same boat. I get it. Like I kind of want to learn from her. You know what I mean? From it. So I guess like for online and all that, like just taking the steps, don't rush to the big thing. Look, I am just now doing this and I have been training for 23 years. Very like, true. it's not like I, I am five years out training and created a mentorship. Lots of people do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think it's important to take your time yep. and just let things sink in. Yeah, uh, that's, I would say the, the appreciation for what's going to happen you know, six months from now, a year from now versus like what you need to do to make money tomorrow uh, is, is a major, major struggle for just, honestly, I think it's just the human mind, the way that works. The yes. bottom of that, the bottom of that post said your two takeaways you had, I think you had them circled. It was networking and website. Do those still stand as your two takeaways today? Um, not the website. I bet that because I was trying to pick her brain about how to like start right. a business of my own, right. but um, networking for sure. I think that's truly important. And I heard on a podcast recently, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying something about like networking is not just about like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and let me meet you. It's about what can you provide somebody? Right. And is there, is there anything that you can God, can you just like say something nice to them to make their day feel better? Yep. Like, can, and maybe this is all coming full circle. It's going back to, can you put yourself in their shoes and, and see what they need? And that, that is to me circle. is networking, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> the, the, the absolute perfect cherry on top of this episode, Katie, thanks so much for being a part of this. Um, Thank you. Uh, we, we, we've, we explored some territories today that were even different than, than what I had originally on my sheet of notes here. So, and I always love when it does that. Those are the best podcasts. So Katie, thanks so much for being here. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can just go to my Instagram or my website. Both is both are Katie St. Clair fitness. Um, so super easy to find. You can just Google it. Something will come up. There it is. Katie, appreciate you being here. Grateful for everything that you Thank do for you. our industry and, uh, and keep pushing forward. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll change this industry one day at a time here. <laughs> I'm with you. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.